Welcome to the Performance Podcast with Melissa Kender, where I'm here to help you stay strong and last long in your athletic endeavors. There's no running topic too broad or lifting topic too heavy that we won't cover. So if you're looking to get fitter, faster, stronger, then this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Melissa, certified functional strength coach, personal trainer, running coach, hybrid athlete with a no BS approach to fitness, creating unfiltered conversations around fitness topics that can be somewhat messy. And the answer is often, it depends. Welcome back to another episode of the Performance Podcast. Whether you're on a run, at the gym, or in your car, I want to say thank you for tuning in. First, I want to start by saying running is hard for everyone, from beginners to the everyday runners to recreational athletes, all the way up to the elites and Olympians, marathoners, and more. It's a hard sport, but such a rewarding sport. The best thing to do with running is to just get out there and run. Consistency is key. Sometimes people focus too much on the nitty-gritty at first, but like anything, the more you do it, the better you become. That being said, running is often seen as a simple act, but the truth is, there's an art to running with finesse. It's not about pounding the pavement with sheer force. It's about embracing the fluidity and rhythm that come with proper running form and getting better as you move through your running journey. If there is a secret sauce for running, again, it's consistency. So are you ready to take your running game to the next level? Whether you're a seasoned marathoner or just starting your running journey as a runner, honing in on your running form is key to unlocking your true potential. Picture this, a runner gliding effortlessly through a race with each stride propelling them forward with power and grace. You know, those beautiful elite athletes that we see on TV. That's the result of a well-mastered running form, a symphony of synchronized movements that not only improve performance, but also reduce the risk of injuries, which is super key. Now imagine your body as a well-tuned machine. Each joint, each muscle, and ligament must work together in tandem to propel you forward. In this podcast, we'll dive into some essential running form tips that will transform your running experience help you maximize your efficiency, speed, and overall enjoyment. Now first, should you change your running form? After a long time of running and coaching, I've digested the assorted recommendations, eliminated the weird ones, found some research, and settled into a few tweaks for running injury-free without added stress. Our bodies are all slightly different, and our bodies try to be as efficient for us individually as possible. And so it's just facts that we all run a little bit differently, and it turns out that that's totally okay. Correcting your running stride as a whole shouldn't be a massive overhaul or how you look when you're running. That's way too much for your brain to handle and your body to handle. So there's a lot of data out there to show that that's actually unnecessary. One study brought out that many are advocating for various optimal running forms. However, their evidence shows that even novice runners shouldn't try any different than their body naturally does. Basically, this study proved that when you try to lengthen and shorten your stride or fit into this perfect ideal scenario for you, it actually eats up a lot more of your energy, which in turn will make you less efficient, which can just kind of overhaul your running journey altogether. Instead of focusing on how far you move your legs or what you're looking like when you're running or overhauling your brain with too much info, 
Let them just flow and think about these little running mechanics and tips that we're going to take a deeper dive into today. All right, so let's jump into some proper running form cues. Now, these simple tweaks do not require you to change your stride, pick new shoes, or add all this additional time to your workouts or runs or anything like that. You know, one of the main issues I have with so many running form recommendations is that they want you to stray away from your natural stride. Now, we all have a natural stride, which makes our body a little bit more efficient, but focusing on some cues can help make that stride even better. Our primary focus in any changes to your running form is to reduce your risk of injury rate and help you increase your efficiency. We can do this by focusing on just a few key pieces. During each run, spot check your form using these couple running form tips. Think about your shoulders being relaxed, standing tall so no hunching, efficient arm movement, and a relaxed body. And then we're going to get into some other things later on as well. So start there, and then later in this episode, we're going to delve into landing underneath your body, lessening that ground contact time, improving our cadence, improving our mobility for more efficiency, as well as having strong glutes. And strong glutes doesn't necessarily mean big glutes, but we'll get into that later. So first, relax your shoulders. You don't want to be wearing your shoulders as earrings. I often say this statement to my clients, I want you to breathe and relax them. For most people, one of the first places to noticeably feel tension is in their shoulders. If yours are beginning to resemble earrings, it's time to relax. We tend to sit at our computers all day, which leads to natural posture of rounded shoulders. In the same way, we tend to round our shoulders while running when we start feeling fatigued or towards the end of our runs when we get tired. And now when we do this, it actually closes off our airways and makes it harder to breathe. To correct this, we want to start by taking a deep breath and sigh. You should feel your shoulders drop immediately. I encourage you throughout your run to do this to eliminate energy wasted in your shoulder tension. Dropping the shoulders will open up your chest for better breathing while running. Next is we want to stand tall. As we begin to fatigue, our natural body inclination is to slouch over thinking we're letting our body relax. Or have you ever been tired and you just start to hinge at your hips instead of in the proper place because your body's getting more fatigued? This curved body position makes running harder because you're actually not engaging your core, tightening the lungs, and it will affect you mentally. A good running posture is much like a good posture the rest of the time. You want to think about your shoulders back and down, head high, core tightened. Some tips are to think about pulling up from the top of your head. Stretch your arms out diagonally up to help you stand nice and tall. Chest forward with a slight lean from your ankles, not the hips. I often call this hankling. And now if you need more information on that, I actually have a whole Instagram lengthy post on hinging from the ankles and not the hips. We also want to focus on our chin being parallel to the ground when we look forward, not down at our feet. You want to have a gaze straight ahead instead of looking down at the ground or your watch. A more focused forward gaze will also help you maintain a proper posture by keeping your neck in proper alignment with your spine. Standing tall increases energy through better breathing and a better feeling that creates confidence. And now when we're more confident when we run, we run better. We also want efficient arm movements. As a coach, I've noticed many beginner runners hold their arms against their sides super tight or up against their chest 
or clench their fists or sway their arms so aggressively that it crosses their body um, in a very aggressive manner. Interestingly, this actually requires much more energy than letting them naturally swing. Long distance running forms such as the kind of running form for a half marathon, full marathon, or any lengthy distance is different than the running form for sprinters. While sprinters need to pump their arms fiercely through a full swing, distance runners are usually conserving energy with smaller arm movements. Being an efficient runner for long distance running is essential. You need to conserve all the energy you can so it goes to your legs. So here are a few arm movement tips. I want you to imagine holding a potato chip between your thumb and pointer finger or between your thumb and middle finger. You don't want to crush the chip, but you also don't want to drop the chip. Hands in a slight fist with palms facing toward the body, arms should stay bent at the elbows at a roughly 90 degree angle. And then you want to think about pushing them forward and back in a gentle manner. And we want to avoid swinging our arms across our body. Now this can be a recipe for injury. Now that being said, there's always some natural rotation with running because it is a single leg sport and your hips do shift side to side, but we wanna prevent that excessive swinging and excessive rotation. So if your left leg is going forward, your right arm goes with it, and vice versa, if your right leg goes forward, your left arm goes with it. So we wanna think about our body being in harmony. So we really wanna focus on relaxing our body while running. I encourage you while running, repeat to yourself, relax, breathe, let it go. Oftentimes, I'll even repeat to myself when I'm focusing on running form or certain things during my runs, I'll say, smooth running, smooth running, be a smooth runner, or I'll even say, run smooth, run smooth. Relaxed muscles respond with an easier turnover, better stride, and less wasted energy, which in turn makes us a better, faster, stronger runner. Now again, proper running form is a bit of a misdemeanor, as we previously stated, there is no perfect running form, but there are a few key things about which to reduce the load on your knees and muscles and make you more efficient, better, faster, stronger over time, which is what we want. First, running stride is not about lengthening your stride, rather it's about quickening your turnover so your feet land underneath your body or underneath your hips or underneath your center of mass, so to speak. It creates less ground contact time, which is ideal for runners, as well as preventing overstriding, which is your feet reaching way out in front of you and not underneath of you. And I don't want you to confuse overstriding with heel striking. Ideally, over time, we want to get the feet landing more directly underneath the center of gravity or underneath our bodies. In fact, this is probably the biggest and most important change you can make. It takes time to improve this, but it can happen. Practice on a few shorter runs, and when you're running, you shouldn't be able to see your feet landing all the way out in front of you. They should ideally be landing underneath of you. Improving your foot turnover or cadence, which is steps per minute, will help do this, as well as adding in a few running drills before most runs. This creates a neural pathway in your brain to make it happen naturally. The next thing we want to think about is ourselves as gliding or gracefully moving forward. Running is pretty much gracefully tripping over our feet or a series of single leg hops, but we want to avoid bouncing up and down, and we want to imagine maybe that there's a ceiling an inch above us, and we don't want to hit it. 
we want to gracefully glide through the air. Every time you raise too far off the ground, you're sending the energy upward instead of forward. We want all of your momentum going forward, which is also why you often hear people talk about having a slight lean from the ankles. As you improve your cadence and push-off, your vertical oscillation, which is what we're talking about now, will improve as well. And back to staying tall but having that slight lean from the ankles, or as I like to call it, hankling, having a slight forward lean from the ankles as you push off and run is ideal. This is one of the hardest things for runners to master, but it comes with time and it comes with consistency. You do not want to lean from your waist. This movement starts at your ankles and your body remains in a straight line. Again, this is something that you must do drills to work on and make it just naturally a part of your running. And also you can head on over to my Instagram because I have a lengthy post about this as well. Now delving back into cadence, which again, cadence is how many steps you take per minute. Research shows aiming for cadence of 170 to about 180 footfalls per minute is ideal for most runners. You may find that you are currently doing maybe around 150, so the goal is to slowly increase that number. Again, slowly. We want our bodies to adapt gradually. And then maybe you'll settle into eventually 165, and that's just fine. So depending on your height, depending on your limb lengths, your running history, your running injury, fitness level, mobility, and more will determine your cadence. While 180 is often cited as ideal, it's not always for the reasons previously stated. But I will say improving your cadence will improve your efficiency and will reduce your risk of injury. You run faster by picking up your feet off the ground more rapidly and leaning slightly into your forward motion instead of braking. So you take advantage of gravity. And a new study actually showed that even a 10% increase in your step rate or cadence can decrease knee pain and decrease injury. So again, being a more effective runner, efficient runner, and faster runner is about having faster turnover or less ground contact time, not just striding out. So we want to think about improving our cadence slightly or improving our turnover, which lessens our ground contact time. A cadence lower than 160 stride per minute is often seen in runners who maybe overstride or reach their foot way out front instead of landing underneath their body, which increases that ground contact time and will halt the forward motion required for running, which means the hips and knee joints will take a lot more force with every step. In other words, overstriding needlessly magnifies the impact forces with each step a runner takes. And now... This is one of the main reasons causing injuries. So a lot of people think, oh, running causes injuries, running causes knee pain, running this and that, which is not true at all. It's usually because the runner is overstriding and then their body's compensating in some other way. Or when they're overstriding, they're actually putting a lot more force on their knee. So when you focus on landing underneath your body and having that quick turnover or higher cadence, you reduce your risk of injury and you glide through nature, so to speak. Actually, I don't know why I said glide through nature. You glide through your running, so to speak. So why should I care about my running cadence? There are many advantages that come with improving your running cadence. A higher cadence has been shown to result in more efficient running form, increase in running speed with form efficiency, less impact on the hips and knee joints, correcting overstriding, lessening injury rate, 
more airtime, which means softer landing with each step, less braking force with ground contact time. And now all that said, again, it's important to note that a faster cadence does not necessarily mean someone's a better runner. Everyone runs a little differently as noted above, but having this improved cadence can really affect all the areas just stated, which is a win-win if you're a runner and if you wanna have a long successful running career. And speaking of mobility and glute strength, it's important to pay attention to flexibility and mobility of our hips as well as our ankles. This will reduce the chance of injury in your lower back and knees, as well as when you lack mobility to go through full range of motion in your stride and when you're running, you'll lose power and other muscles will have to compensate and take up the slack, which can cause pain and injury. And now say your ankles lack mobility or strength, that means up the kinetic chain or up your body can be affected. So if your ankles are lacking mobility, it can affect your low back, it can affect your hips. And now if you lack mobility in your hips, it can actually cause knee pain. So we want to make sure that our ankles and our hips have good range of motion and our mobility stays in the forefront. And we also want to make sure we're strengthening our glutes. Often issues come from weak glutes or weak hips which can decrease your range of motion and decrease your power output. And also when you have weaker glutes, then maybe the hamstrings will take over or your weaker glutes can cause knee pain. So for a proper form, it's necessary to strengthen and activate our glutes. This should be something that you do prior to every single run in your warm-up and something you should focus on during your strength training workouts as well. By focusing on a couple of these proper running form tips, you can improve your performance, reduce your risk of injury, and enjoy your runs even more. Overall, our goal should always be first to reduce the risk of injury, then improve our performance. And just remember, it takes time for our bodies to adjust to new demands, also our brain to adjust to new demands. So give yourself grace, don't do too much too soon, remain consistent because remember, that's the secret sauce, and remain positive. Also, if you're still struggling with running form and injuries, I encourage you to go and get a gait analysis and work with a coach or physio in person. They can directly assess your situation and point you in the right direction and get you running pain-free, injury-free, and help you become the best athlete that you're meant to be. Thank you for listening to the Performance Podcast with Melissa Kender. And to everyone listening, share this episode of the show, leave a rating and a review on your podcast app of choice. It really helps. And thank you again. You can find me on all areas of social, and I look forward to chatting with you guys next time.